0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Grumpy Surfer podcast. I'm your host Ads Lyson. I'm pleased to welcome back today co-owner of Flow Martial Arts in Plymouth, Kenny Baker. In this episode Kenny elaborates on his time in New York at Henzo Graces Academy and how certain personalities at Henzo's helped with his jiu-jitsu game but also his outlook on life. Please enjoy a Grumpy Surfer conversation with my friend Kenny Baker. Tony Baker, welcome back.
1: Hi mate, How how's good? it going? Yeah, good. Yeah. Hopefully get it right this time.
0: Yeah, microphones are closer. we're set up. We've had a little brief now yeah. so we're all squared away.
1: Nice, nice. Hopefully no uh, alarms or drilling.
0: How's your little one? She's good, man.
1: Um, someone said today, I didn't realise she's, she's now nearly four weeks old. She It was the 4th of July. Well, three weeks, three and a bit. But yeah, she's good. Um, Yeah, it's all good, man. We've got uh, three girls now. Are you so, going to
0: be one of those parents that tells the age of their kids by the weeks until I mean, they're like 10.
1: i don't know the date of births on anybody in my house yeah. except for my oldest and the only reason i know is because it's exactly in the middle of the year 15th of june
0: but you can't get the 4th of july wrong it's and i can't get the 4th day. of july
1: wrong either um so yeah so i have to buy her a maga hat each year
0: <laughs> i'm sure that'll go down well especially if you have a little trip to america as well she'll probably get glassed or something
1: <laughs> so yeah mate it's all good it's um, I, it's funny i like all day all my days are in the gym so all days with males and all evenings with with the girls yes,
0: it's about right.
1: balance right there yeah
0: how's the gym going we started to get set up a little bit. We now for are combat.
1: planning on uh, opening on the third, uh, a week after everyone else. So we've we've just gone through all the guidelines and blah 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 blah. So there's so many conflicting uh, guidelines and different gyms and different governing bodies are saying different things. So um, we're going to push it to the limit as best as possible and get the place up and running as close to normal without obviously breaking any any of the rules. But it's a nightmare. It, it, like it's absolutely a nightmare. I I went to I went to Boots yesterday to get some uh, bit of shopping and the rules just to get some shopping. Like you need a degree in how to shop now. <laughs> like you know, stay to the left, stand on one leg, close left eye. You know, and you, you'll all be safe. It's I, it's not sustainable. I just can't see it being sustainable with day to day life stress busy.
0: I think it's just made it a little bit more weirder, hasn't it? (sighs) Before where, like, you know, if you went shopping, you had the one-way system, you had your two-meter gap, and people were scared about that. But now it's just, even though it's calmed down quite a lot, it's kind of made it even more, I don't know, what's the word? People are more paranoid about stuff. Yeah,
1: definitely. And, you know, the more things you have to think and worry about, the more mistakes you make anyway. So it's like, I'm I'm walking down the wrong way, and it's like,
0: you know
1: what, it's just a load of, Things to make it look like somebody's trying. It, that's how it feels to me. I, I hate it. I yeah. just, I can't stand it. Mate. You, know, <laughs> you know, off off line. I, I, it's just, I don't like authority anyway. So, um, it's, it's just, and it, it also feels a lot of like a, a little, a little, a little bit too late. You know what I mean? We spoke about this last time. It's just trying things now, but putting masks on. It's like now, whatever.
0: Yeah, the Chinese and do like some w- people
1: need masks, like, like like you know yourself. I think a mask would suit you.
0: Well, I've got bad breath, so it <laughs> actually really help with that. <laughs> yeah, the Chinese and the, East, the 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 Easterners have been doing it for donkey's years. You know, walking around, not not purely because of like um, you know spreading viruses oh, yeah, and pollution, stuff, but, yeah, pollution and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. It's like in Italy; like most of the deaths were in the, a couple of cities where it was like the, some of the worst polluted cities in the world.
0: Yeah, but also the reason why a lot of there were a lot of deaths, especially the elderly, is because it's not like here where our, our parents get old, we're in a home. Yeah, yeah. Get rid they, of them. they live with them. They live with them. They live. They? They, yeah. they live in a family unit.
1: And even then, now they're, now they're even saying about how um, they 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 didn't do their numbers correctly and they weren't marked down correctly. Oh, mate, it's just a it's a cluster fuck. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of the same with us as well, though, isn't mm. it? Yeah we 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 have no idea yeah i'm I not going to go into that though because i'm not into politics and i don't really look no, at numbers i just don't stuff.
1: like being told what to do man it's been a life thing you know
0: well, I, do I, you know
1: what i used to really hate my mom always laughs about it but like in school i always be like in trouble because you'd have to put your hand up if you wanted to go to the toilet
0: right <laughs> man, i fucking hated that did you oh like what did you do just piss yourself yeah uh, yeah showed them
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah stick that to him man
0: <laughs>
1: oh man I just I don't know it's just some weird inbuilt mechanism I just don't like if someone like I, I've lost jobs in the past where you know I've worked in a supermarket and stuff when I was younger and manager come up and say move that move that and it's like because you didn't ask because you told me I just either wouldn't do it or I'd end up having an argument with them it's like I don't know I just there's no there's no reason why you can't be polite <laughs>
0: We're like, oi! You move that over there, please.
1: Yes, oi! Dickhead, move that, please. Like, yeah, well, no at
0: least he said, "Dickhead."
1: <laughs> uh, I, mate, I just really don't like rude people. I've I figured that out, which is weird because I'm probably one of the rudest people I know.
0: Yeah, but you're kind of similar to me, where you've got sarcasm that roll, that, that rules your uh, mannerisms, and uh, yeah, people accept that. I think. Yeah, and if yeah. they don't, fuck them.
1: Yeah, fuck them <laughs> literally. So yeah, mate. Um, all is good. Just looking to get back to normal, and I, I just I'm, I don't know how long it's going to go on for all these rules. I think by the time we set all these rules in place, I think three weeks, four weeks later, it's going to change again. So it's like you, we got to spend out money on so many things now. We're going to get these like laser thermometers and all this stuff, and it's like it's a lot of money um, for them to change it in three weeks' time. It's just I don't know. I just want to get back to normal, and I think everybody else does, and. You know, everybody was screaming and shouting. This, this wasn't the thing they thought it was. You know, people are going to die by the masses. Of, I was expecting. You ever seen Walking Dead? I was expecting something like that. And I've been preparing for that my whole life.
0: Do you know what? Right, I said to, uh, I said to my, uh, <laughs> I said to my wife that um, all these people that have died, all these thousands of people, give it a couple of weeks. They'll be coming out of them graves, and then there's going to be the yeah. zombie apocalypse. Yeah.
1: Then, then I'd respect it. <laughs> yeah, fair one. <laughs> well. I've been planning my apocalypse stuff for like for years i've got like a, a, a list of people that i'd have in my tribe
0: right you're not in it yeah i live too far away too <laughs> be, i'd be the opposing tribe that would come down need, and rape and pillage
1: yeah podcast won't work in the apocalypse no. <laughs> <laughs> what about like a little you know, radio
0: coat, a, a coat cam with a string
1: <laughs> do like the morse code yeah the morse code version
0: i tell you what i i am um, it's kind of come across my feed is uh, I've got a friend that owns a um
1: would just stop listening It you had a friend.
0: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's say uh, I've got an acquaintance. <laughs> I have an acquaintance uh, that owns a pub in Exmouth called the uh, called the Grapevine. Uh, a guy yeah. called um, Ollie Bainbridge and he's got his own brewery that's in the pub. Right. And basically he's his pub is on the corner of like the Exmouth Strand and oh. um then you know you're not allowed to drink inside the pub, but so you have to drink outside. What, even now, in public houses, yeah. I didn't know that. So he hasn't got an outside facility. Right. So he's been asking the council if they can use the outside bit on the strand. So the the actual main square of Exmouth is split into two council jurisdictions: right. the East Devon District Council and Devon District Council. Yeah. So they've applied to one of them they said yes however it wasn't their land so then the East Devon District Council have come along along with the police who I, I don't get it I need to speak to them about it but the way I the way I've kind of got it is they put a um a complaint in saying that they didn't like the idea of it but then they've turned around to him and said that they didn't put a complaint in when they did. And now because they've illegally put a, like a little cordoned area off with them seating and stuff out the front, East Devon District Council have fined them £500, so charged them £125 um, for two days. that They've been illegally out there, along with another bar that's adjacent. And now they're making it really, really difficult for them to, to even trade, and these are the people that are saying we're supporting local businesses. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: going to help the economy, isn't it, mate? They're fucking dickheads. They're like, what are you doing? What are you doing?
0: I, I, I don't get it. And, and I find it... How, the, 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 like, people,
1: and I don't get it, but I have some good friends who are very good uh, with, with economy and stuff. And it's like, that, that's everything. Without the economy, we have nothing, you know? like the nhs and all the things we, we're trying to protect without an economy that there, there's going to be none of that
0: especially in the southwest because the majority there are not major like big conglomerate businesses that are operate in the southwest everything's quite quite small um so, so how much of a fine?
1: he got £500, £500 and a £100 fine.
0: No, so he's got a £500 fine right. for the two days right. that, that he was trading apparently illegally. Right. So now he, they've asked him to resubmit the application of which they've already turned down twice. So right. it's two weekends he's lost trade on now.
1: That's insane. Did he get a little like if you pay that five hundred in thirty days, you get like half price?
0: <laughs> it's not like parking your car <laughs> illegally, is it? Mate,
1: I just I just lost for words. Well, I'm not, but it's all bad words. So,
0: but you know what, right? So, uh, him and his wife, um, they they've got really good a really good business acronym as well because you know d- during the during the lockdown when the pubs weren't open, they've got their own brewery, which they're really lucky. They're not they're not joint with everything else like different pubs do. Um so they've been making their own beer and stuff. And they've been selling boxed beer. Right. Um and that's been doing really well. They're doing deliveries. Yeah, them. so oh, they do cool. like 5 liter and 10 liter boxed beer. Right. You order it online, they bring it to your house and drop it off and stuff and it's, a, it, it's some of the best IPAs beer and really? and lager I've ever I've ever had, you know. And some of the IPAs, I had a couple of drinks of that, mate, and I was swinging with the monkeys, yeah. like, do you know what I mean? Mate,
1: I have shandy now, and I'm swinging. <laughs> in fact, in fact, I went to a barbecue the other day, and I, I kid you not, I somebody made this, like, um, banana dessert, and it had a bit of uh, alcohol in it. I, I kid you not, I was dizzy. I was dizzy from the dessert.
0: Well, I could probably imagine that you're not a particular drinker like I am no, anyway.
1: No, I I, I no, no. <laughs> I drink alcohol-free Heineken, because it's, like, the greatest thing. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't really drank for about ten years. Uh, like I'll go through my little phases, but I don't really drink too much.
0: I've got something that call I call the the, uh, the homing pigeon that's inside me. Right. So, so what happens is so
1: this is when you get absolutely ploughed. No, 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 no. Help. It's even
0: before it's before that. <laughs> okay. It's like an automatic system that kicks, kicks in, and the body says no. Basically, so I'll have a few drinks and I'll have four, I don't know, four or five pints or something. And I'll start, you know, feeling the uh, feeling the effects of alcohol. And then I'll get to the point where my body won't let me drink anymore. Right. So instead of like just grizzing it out like some people do, like to the end of the night, I won't pay for a taxi because I'm tight as fucking. Anyway. Right. Uh, uh, so, so what I'll end up doing is, regardless of where I am, I'll go, right, where am I sleeping tonight? I'm walking. So whether it's ten miles or two miles, I'll be like that. Even if I'm mid conversation, I'll be like, "I've had enough." I'll put my drink down, I will walk out the bar, and I'm gone. I'm gone. And that's that's kind of but fair play. I'll fucking feel it the next day. Really? And the next day. Really? And the next day. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's nuts, isn't it, man? It's nuts. I am. Um, yeah, I just I, I just don't like the feeling. I like I like after you, like have a couple drinks that happy period, but then beyond that, it's um gets too much. I like
0: them. a couple of whiskeys like don't give me yeah, I, like,
1: I like whiskey in the evening sometimes or yeah. red wine or something but
0: cuz you get that little, you get that little kick Yeah, you get that little kick from yeah. it and you like that you know does it make me feel relaxed? Nah, I'd probably say not. Yeah. Um if they legalise drugs in this country then I'd probably be doing that instead. Yeah,
1: heroin's not good, man. Don't do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't really say that because I'm still in the military and I can get kicked out all, so um I d- I yeah. <laughs> I'm making it really bad for myself. I don't take drugs. Full stop.
1: Do you ever try the CBD stuff or anything like that? You ever tried any of that stuff?
0: Um, I've looked into it.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I've tried it a few times. I think the very first time I tried it, the only thing I noticed was it definitely like relaxed the anxiety a little bit. But um, the second time, third time, I didn't. I didn't notice anything.
0: I think what it is is you with anything like that. If you, the, the more expensive it is, yeah. it should be more potent. So, so you're
1: saying I've got to go to like Columbia and get the finest plant.
0: What I think you should do is grow marijuana in your house <laughs> and then strain the juice out of the, uh,
1: <laughs> don't do it like that on camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I've never done that before. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've
1: watched, I, I watched watch the, have you ever watched the Mike Tyson, um, hot boxing podcast?
0: I listen to it every now and again. Mate, I yeah. love that one.
1: I love the Joe Rogan one, but I, like, I love the Mike Tyson one because uh, Tyson is just Tyson. You just get that rawness. Everything's, everything comes emotionally from inside. Uh, yeah. So I watched one the other day with William Shatner on you know it.
0: What, well, you posted that the other yeah. day and I listened to it. And I listened to probably about 45 minutes of it. And it just turned into the William Shatner show because he was asking loads of questions. And it, was, and it got to a point where it was like... It's so awkward,
1: it, wasn't it? it was yeah. really awkward. And I thought, I thought any minute Tyson's going to snap, he's going to snap, yeah. <laughs> he's going to snap. William Shatner's... Do you know, William Shatner's nearly 90 years old. I couldn't believe that when I, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I said it on the thing. I was like, oh, wow, how young. How young he looks compared to like anybody else. I, like, I honestly thought he, he was in his 50s or something. Yeah. It's insane so yeah um,
0: I, th- I thought it was going to be interesting but it just got to a point where I was like I, I couldn't c- stop watching it oh, God, I couldn't like, listen oh, to it anymore was like
1: oh shit he's going to snap yeah. he said at one point he goes don't 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 push me he goes I'll fucking kill you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit man have you seen
0: Tyson training though for Mate, um,
1: insane right insane uh, like, like he's not was he 55
0: or something yeah he's pushing that around the 50 hey, that's insane so not only
1: is he still got all that—obviously well, not in his prime—but he's still got ridiculous speed and power. But to to remember to move in that same way, it's just so instinctual to him. But he's abused his body his whole life, and he's fifty-five. I want to take what he's taken. He done stem cell. He done some stem cells, didn't he? On his um, back, he had back issues for years. Yeah,
0: but a lot of the people that do stem cells, they go like to Mexico or Cuba or somewhere like that mm. to do it, don't they? They don't do it in Germany. Germany
1: do it, don't they? I know Germany do it.
0: Um, I think stem cells is good, but from what I've listened to and what I've read, you you need to have it from from it sounds really weird, but like from um, the umbilical cord from babies, because some some of it. I think some places take the stem cells from your own bone right. marrow.
1: Yeah, like, I thought it. I thought it took took your blood or something, and it spun it with a certain heat, and then it had like a yellow residue that comes on top of it, and they use that to reinject in your body.
0: Yeah, like I say, there are lots of different methods right. of doing it, but I think the most um, potent stuff, which they do in those non um, law abiding. Uh, what would you call it? Like it's medical. You've got like medical rules and regulations yeah, yeah. and stuff where it's not so, um, you know, lenient as the Western world.
1: What, what does it do? Though? Is it like, is it replenish cells and, uh, you know, because not like, I, someone told me that it's very similar to human growth hormone. Um,
0: so, look, I don't know the biology no. and the chemistry behind it, but from from what I gather, it it's the, it, stem cells are, what regrow things so like if you if you have a if you break yeah. your bones or you have a muscle tear and stuff the stem cells or, or do something to your knee the stem cells are what help rebuild that yeah and as you get older you know it's harder to recover yeah. it takes longer to recover so when they inject like stem cells from an umbilical cord for instance with, within hours
1: Why didn't you tell me this like three weeks ago
0: well unless you've got sixty seventy thousand dollars and then fly to Cuba to go and get it injected well there. I could
1: have just like like when Liz was in labour I could have sorted it out then couldn't I
0: didn't you bite the umbilical cord I like did I did, I did. <laughs> pulling it like, like Ace Ventura pulling it out and like ripping it apart
1: <laughs> yeah mate I, I how many kids you got two did, were you at the births? yes how do you feel about that what do you think about it?
0: I was really interested because I, yeah. I'm a little bit sick and I like internal stuff. Oh, so. me? I, I'm not. I'm not. Um, it's
1: a bit, I don't know. My,
0: uh, like every
1: time I think to myself it's going to be, it is like, I don't like seeing gore and blood but oh, at really? the same time it is like every time, you know, it's like amazing at the same time. Do you know what I mean? So it's like when you see them coming out it is absolutely amazing but it's sort of awesome. <laughs> it's also like watching your favourite pub get burnt down, isn't it?
0: Well I mean <laughs> I've seen quite a few gruesome things like over my tone with people being injured. Well yeah. I I haven't really got a favourite pub, but if it was your favourite pub, then, yeah, I guess it would be quite you quite dead. <laughs> uh
1: yeah. Um
0: Well Sean had Caesareans both. Oh really? Yeah, she, um without going into too many details yeah, about it. Start. But <laughs> but um I found it all quite interesting. Really. Um just just from an anatomy and physiology point of view, because they cut through lots of different oh, layers. Yeah, and you've stuff gone and, and you do, um, yeah. I thought there'd be like a big vacant hole That's where they pull the baby out, but no, it's
1: not. Really? Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's, it's quite a hell of an experience, I would say. I, I don't cry too much, but every time I've cried, next like soon as you see him, you know what I mean? It's a bizarre feeling.
0: I have no emotions whatsoever. Yeah, pretty I know. much I'm um, I'm a vacantless emotion <laughs> which I got told when it's i It's not first...
1: true. I saw you cry when you got your belt in jujitsu.
0: Yeah. No you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I know
1: you were crying when you didn't get your belt. <laughs> yeah.
0: That, that that that's actually true. I actually got into the car and I I, I did the, like a little audio on my phone is like oh, fucking time to that. I've paid them so much money.
1: How long long has it been since you trained? Four months?
0: The 17th of uh, March. So I've
1: I've trained probably two or three times since. And honestly, mate, I feel like I'm not in the same body.
0: Yeah, it's weird.
1: Literally. And I've been training for like, well, Jiu-Jitsu was just alone 15 years. And other martial arts before that. I just started doing a bit of striking again after like 10 years and honestly my brain still thinks it it's where it was my body's just not reacting It—it literally feel like i'm in a different body and my and i'm 10 paces behind the reactions of what i want to do and i feel flat-footed and it's horrible it's horrible getting older it it sucks man
0: (laughs) i used to do a bit of boxing like back when i was sort of like 16 17 uh, an old um a guy called randolph um no dick it's called Dickie Turpin, but his 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 brother was Randolph Turpin, who right. won the lightweight. I'm gonna call it boxing belt right. from one of the, the younger, like older day Sugar Ray Leonard's, right. um, and his his brother owned a uh, boxing gym in in Warwick, right. um, and I and I went there a few times, and you know my hands got a little bit faster and stuff. My point being i'm going digressing a little bit here when i came to do just like you say now when i came to do a little bit of bad work and i was really good on the speedball yeah i started punching that about two years ago and i was like that i was about <laughs> i insane. might as well have just like egg-butted it because that's, that's insane, how good it was
1: it? yeah like i was always better at striking than i ever was at grappling that was my base originally yeah for years and then obviously I got obsessed with the whole grappling over the last 10-15 years, but yeah, it didn't feel good, so I, I left a little bit sad that day, but um, even, even a jiu-jitsu, it's like, uh, I just, just feel out of shape, it's funny, I feel soft, I think, because all the muscles, the little muscles and things you use in grappling, and then uh, you've not used them for three, four months, you just start to go a bit soft and unused,
0: and well, it's conditioning, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, anyone that's going to go back to training, whether it's jiu-jitsu, grappling, wrestling, or something like that, whatever whatever you do, uh, as soon as you get back onto the mat and you do a little bit of live sparring, you're going to feel like you're going yeah. been in a car crash. Thing is,
1: as you get older, though, you start to put these doubts in your head, like us, because I'm getting older and all this stuff. You know what I mean? It's you start putting those weird doubts in your head. But um,
0: well, I don't know. I think that's down to to your own your your own mental space, really. Yeah. I mean, what I'm I'm 39 this year.
1: I'm 39. I'm 40 in September.
0: So you're a year older. Mm. So
1: you look a lot older than me,
0: though. No, I doubt it. No. I, I, I use coconut oil and moisturiser <laughs> every, every day. CBD, man.
1: MC, MCTs <laughs> in
0: my skin, son. <laughs> coconut
1: oil. Uh, you're such a hair, a look at that, you're such see? Say. Yeah, I've yeah, had yeah. the same receding line. I've said
0: this before, same receding line for like 20 years. Uh,
1: you look like a surfer, though. You look like a... Yeah, if you could crossbreed a, a military... Guy with a with a surfer, which is the two opposite ends of the spectrum. It's you. It's amazing.
0: I tell you what, right? I bet it,
1: point point breaks your favorite film. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's it's uh, Gone with the Wind. Is it? No, it's banned no, it's now, not. isn't it? <laughs> I don't think I've got a favorite film. It's, it's racist right.
1: that film, isn't it? Gone with the Wind. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll edit that out then. <laughs> certainly don't get the, uh, negative, negative feedback. Uh, <laughs> Oh mate, that's the don't let's not go down that route either. No, we're not going to because please don't.
0: um please don't. Yeah, I don't like getting hate mail. No.
1: I do. I do. It makes me feel wanted.
0: It's your own personal preference <laughs> really, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's whatever gets likes on Facebook and Instagram, isn't it? It is
1: these days, mate. It is these days. People will literally make a career or choose a career knowing that it's going to get them Facebook likes. Yeah. That's insane.
0: I'm Not gonna do,
1: do that, you know, all like all the people I know, like so many people, like that. The, they I can literally live their lives for them by watching their Facebook or Instagram live feed. Like, like how are they living when every second they're videoing what they're doing? I just don't get it.
0: But do you know, why they do that
1: because they're lonely, no, they, they didn't get hugged enough.
0: I guarantee you, I'm not gonna, I'll put a percentage out there, I'd say 90% of people that put things positively uh, about themselves look what i'm doing i'm so happy i'm so amazing i'm doing this i'm doing they're that They're not really they're not really no. it's it, it's all that it's all the cover
1: it's funny i i always say people seem to generally act that act the opposite to how they are so you see like some people are really cocky or, or confident or like they're normally the people that are dying inside and then you have the other people that are just like quiet silent but they're comfortable you know what i mean they're the killers <laughs> but people seem to act very different like some people just act as fake confidence, but you can see it's because they're trying to hide something. They're trying to hide their insecurities. But then other people just they're so like I'll use Gunny as an example. He's quite a quiet, laid-back guy, but he's like super confident with himself. You know what I mean? It's interesting. I yeah, but you're right. I think I think um so many people are at it. I just I I haven't got the time. Like even before social media and stuff, I went on holiday. Like if you were the girlfriend or whatever, that they'd, they'd want to take photos of everything. i have never been that person. I find it boring. Like I've met and done so many cool things like in my life that but I've never got any photos or videos to show for it. I just at the time I was just too busy enjoying it to, to wanna to take a photo.
0: Well, I, I find it really weird. So, you know, we were just talking about before there, you know, g- going to watch, you know, MMA fight UFC, what it is. You get you go there sometimes or I don't know, any sort of live event, let's say, the majority of people have got their phones out videoing it. Oh, yeah. But they've paid their money to go and watch it. Yeah. So I don't really get that.
1: No. Do you, you have you ever gone to like a concert or something and videoed it and then sat back home and watched it on your do you know well, so like, I mean? like
0: back in the in in the early nineties when um when video cameras came out, home videos. Yeah. And and like your dad or whatever, or, or your mum or whoever it is, has got this camera with a VHS in and they are going around and video. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, that's a good Christmas yeah. present. You know, how's your Christmas been? And you're like, oh, we're going to watch this back later. And you like, oh, watch your back. It's like looking at somebody else's holiday photos. Yes, mate. That's like, the worst, oh, isn't it? I don't give a
1: fuck. But, uh, No, it's like, uh, <laughs> you ever seen that? is it Ricky Gervais when he's talking about like how? You know when he's working, like there's a new person on the set that day, and they, they come up, they're trying to be his best friend, and then are like, oh, "How's it going? Yeah, yeah, good." And he's like, busy, he's trying to ignore him, and he says, "They always got to show you a photo of their kids," and he's like, "You got to like, you know, you got to pay attention a little bit." He so said, "You take the photo, and you're like, like, yeah, wow, well, she's beautiful.' Yeah, very good, and give it back." But no one wants to see that. No, but he said you got to do the right time. He said because you you can't just be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine, that's great, it's a nice picture," but then if you do it too long. Oh man, look at that! Oh, she's beautiful. It's just too creepy.
0: You ever seen that scene? <laughs> I, I have, a, but though, no, I, I, right. get, I get what you mean. Right.
1: So, uh, a friend of mine, Brad, uh, Brad Crossfield, you know him. Yeah. Right? He he found that quite funny, and he decided to do that on somebody at work. Bear in mind, he works on a building site. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't go down too well.
0: <laughs> but again, it's it's down to. Uh... Stop
1: and making you show your damn photos because we don't care. Yeah. I don't care about your holiday. I don't care about your
0: anything. Well, it's like you saying there. You've got two kids, haven't you? I could just gone. oh, yeah, I have yeah. Do you want to see photo? Yeah, yeah. And then you, then you go, nah, mate, you're right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just awkward. It's just... Uh, but the people living their lives through their Instagram and that, I just... I don't know, man. It's just bizarre. I just don't get it. But, but we, are, we are from a different generation.
0: Well, I, I think... Yeah, I, well, I think
1: we're, we're 90s aren't we we're 90s kids really. I think
0: we're really lucky because we've grown up where last the we generation right? we, were, we were the tail end of the generation that didn't have a TV and yeah. all that sort of thing we used to go out and play and stuff but then as like entertainment and TVs and you know um, electronics and uh, and and technology moved on we moved with it mm. so like Nintendo came out better TVs came out Radio got better. CDs came out. Mini discs. Remember mini discs? God,
1: Jesus, that that didn't last long, did it? No, nah, but it
0: was a fad like Blu-ray yes, and um, what was the other one? Well, just like HD um, DVDs and stuff. Yeah. And now you can't buy DVDs and HD because everything's downloaded. Oh, technology has moved on you so imagine quickly. Imagine like the
1: VHS when you had to, have to f- or tape, we had to fast forward it to the to the bit you wanted to.
0: My my mum, we, we had a VHS uh, video player in our house. And in my mum and dad's room, they had like a really, really old silver, like Kenwood TV, and it had a Betamax video player. So if anyone doesn't know what a Betamax is, it's a smaller version of VHS, but it's like Blu ray where no one really gave a fuck about it. Do you know what I like? <laughs> do you
1: know what I like about all that old technology? When it wasn't working properly, a good bang would sort it out.
0: You can't Dan's do that tried.
1: now. You can't do it now it just doesn't work but yeah um so yeah people in their their lives man on, on facebook i do like seeing a good train crash on facebook though.
0: i do i there's a lot of junk on there though there's a lot of people that well, post i post things. most of it yeah you're one of those people that just scroll past <laughs> <laughs> or like you've got the little icon inside that says hide Hide Kenny Baker, yet.
1: <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many people have hid me but don't want to delete me. I because they want the next belt, right?
0: Well, it's not like you can see whether they've hid you or deleted you, <laughs> is it?
1: Uh, but, um, yeah, man. Get back to training soon and hopefully we'll all be back to normal and we can all take the piss out of each other in, in on the mats. Yeah. That's what life's
0: about. It certainly is. Uh, right, so let's... I have a little bit of a focus on New York. So um, just explain reasons why you went out to New York. Did you focus on going to Henzo's first? Did you go somewhere else? Why did you go there?
1: Uh, well, I, w- I went to Henzo's because um, I, I think I said last time Gunny came back and he was on the next level then. So in my little head, I'm like, wow, what are they doing at Henzo's? Sat. that's how I know Like looking outside of yourself isn't really the answer but um, I went out there um, and it was just really the the depth um, the, the depth of knowledge that they have and, and a wide variety of, of coaches and training bodies um, so a lot of schools you'll go to and they have the coach, whoever, but a lot of the students are very similar, they move the same or whatever, Hens's isn't like that they have quite a diverse type of student i mean because you have different coaches you've got hens himself obviously you've got john Danaher. you've got at the time daniel gracie argo gracie they they all got different styles and they all have their own little um i guess followers students um prefer their style um for me i just lapped it all up um loved it all um but it was more just work ethic and training i mean i i didn't talk about last time actually but um when i was out there so i was staying in harlem Um, when I first went out there for a bit Um, and Henzo put me up for a place for a while actually Um, but the the landlord ended up um, selling the place or something so I ended up moving to Harlem staying out there for I don't know, a month
0: Um, Is this when you first got out there?
1: Yeah, uh, well about a month after so I stayed at the place that Henzo had um, but then they sold the place so I ended up just staying at some place in Harlem, like some hostel for about a month and then um what a shithole uh but but most definitely like um an experience living there uh, and then i'll I try to avoid staying there because I, I didn't know i didn't know anything about new york really i just thought new york's new york obviously I, I was in my head from the films the bronx don't go there um but then someone said to me like it's all changed now so i just went to Harlem, but it's. Um, yeah, it's not the safest of places, I guess, you could put it. But I would try and stay at the hostel. I'd leave in the mornings and then just spend all day out and then I wouldn't get back there till like 11, 12 at night. Uh, train at Henzo's in the mornings for the competition class. Uh, obviously, because friends with Gunny when I went out there, I got good friends with a lot of the top guys that are pretty, pretty quick. Um, so they invited me to their competition training class which was just a killer class. Like, uh, I was probably the only... I think I was the only brown belt at the time there. And they were all black belts. And like I said, there's all either world champions or just like been training forever in a day.
0: Let's do some name dropping. Oh, who were the, God. We the, who were the um, lot so, uh,
1: Gregor Gracie was a, a guy I trained quite a bit out there. Naaman Gracie, who now fights at Bellator, doing very well at Bellator. Oh, God, you could go on. And uh, Brian Glick, um, who to me is one of my most favorite grapplers and one of the most unknown bear in mind john danner at the time was unknown so everybody at henzo's knew john danner was jiu-jitsu's greatest or biggest secret you know greatest biggest secret he was a phenomenal coach um and then he had his guys like brian glick a guy called eric owens Mm -hmm. um who I'll, i'll get into in a minute um obviously gunny dave branch Oh, you'd have people GSP Matt Serra you, you could literally go on and on for the people that drop in and, and whatnot. not um, Ricardo Almeida. I will go on now when I Bralio you know, Bralio would turn up Bralio Steamer you'd have Hodger Grace it, it's just a sea of people like of, of all different levels Jake Shields um, so anyway so we get to this team training thing each day and um, that was just quite a, quite a bit of a war zone really that one um, and then You'd, I'd train at John Danaher's a few hours later in his class, and then later in the evening I'd train with Eric for for an hour or so. So basically, Eric, when I got good friends with with Eric, uh, me and Gunny, and Eric was setting up a, his own gym at the time called Machine. Um Eric has his own sort of style and way, which I think is fantastic the way he does things. Um, he's very John. He's a bit like John Danahan Obviously, he's one of John Danaher's top guys. Um, so. I became friends with him, and he ended up. He found out I was staying at Harlem, and he was like, "Dude, you can't stay there. You know, if it was ten years ago, you'd probably be dead by now." And mm. it's like, "You need to get out of there." So he let me stay with him for for the rest of the time, really, when I was at, at New York. Um, and also, then I'd go to his gym that he was building up at the time, ready to open, and we'd just train for for an hour or so with gunny and whatnot. Um but eric eric taught me probably the most things when I was out there i mean he taught me more about my approach and mindset towards the game um which was huge so one of the biggest revelations or two the biggest one of the two biggest revelations i had in my game was um really learning how and what fighting's about how how and what training's about um so we all see it as like Two people going at it, 100% Rocky film, stronger, faster, harder type attitude, um, and it, that that really isn't what fighting's about. It's actually, the art of fighting is, is not fighting. You know, it's this Bruce Lee stuff. You know, um, Mike Tyson spoke about it actually on his podcast, which I found very interesting. Yeah. Um, I how can I explain it? So basically, I was always having good battles with some of the guys in the competition class. Um, they were they were more, you know, they were black belts or whatever at the time, but I always have pretty good guard retention. They would start trying to pass my guard, but it'd be such hard sessions. every Every day, it'd be like, you know, a, platoon, uh, a scene at a platoon, you know, some guys out limping, yeah. carrying his brother on his shoulder. There'd be injuries and whatnot, because everybody's just going hard all the time at each other. And uh, after, uh a couple months of that kind of training, and then obviously John's class and uh, training with Eric, it, it it started to wear on you that you'd have to wake up every morning and have this battle because it just weighed your body down. Um So it got to the point where it was, it was getting tough, and I and I actually said to Eric about this, and um I was just like, "Oh man," I said, "I'm getting a bit fed up with just grafting in that session every day." I said, Cause it you time me out for the rest of the day as well?" So all the other classes I was doing, I wasn't really getting much out of it. So I had a lot, a lot of chats with Eric. Every evening we would chat, and you know, Eric can talk quite, quite a lot. Um, but it was like always really insightful the stuff he would talk about. And um, one of the biggest things—a long conversation—but the biggest thing he, he sort of told me, the crux of it, was learn to enjoy the bad times. Um, you need to learn to let go of the shit when you're trying to train and, and stuff, even in fighting. What does that mean? So. What was happening in the class, somebody was trying to pass my guard and I'd fight Hail Mary to try and stop them passing and eventually they might pass and then I was tired out and I'd just like sort of fade away, die, whatever. And he was talking about how you need to learn to, okay, so this guy wants to pass you and I won't name drop, but this, you know, this guy wants to pass you so much, let him, let him pass. That's the time to turn off. He said, especially in training, he said, what's going to happen? He passes your guard. He'll up in side control, mount. I was like, yeah. He said, well, then what happens? Well, I said, then i got to try and escape. He goes, yeah, is that not part of the game? You've, got not, you've not got to learn that. You've not got to ever be there so you, so you how learn how to deal with those situations as well. And I was like, oh, yeah. It's like it's part of the game. It's like stop trying to st- stick to one thing and, and learn to enjoy. If you can learn to enjoy escaping bad positions, you learn to enjoy that. You become a dangerous guy because you just become a learning, a learning sponge. He said, so he said, the next day he said when you go and train he said go train in that class don't not train in it go train but the second that that temple gets turned up on you he said that's the time just just turn off and he said the biggest thing to focus on is just to relax make sure your breathing's on point which i'll get to the breathing thing in a minute and and, and see what what happens he said once you get what you're breathing and things are all online you, you'll start to see things in slow motion i was like yeah of course anyway, the next day comes, I come into the class I end up pairing up this guy that I always had these battles with and he started passing, he was going at it and I was like trying to fight to stop him passing my guard and I just i suddenly remembered what, what Eric said you know. and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to relax, I'm just going to turn off not just go floppy but I'm going to turn this pace right down to like 40%,
0: mm-hmm.
1: 30% and just try to hold the right positions with my frames and whatnot." Anyway, so he was to pass and I turned off and then he sort of passed me. But as he passed me, I just sort of saw like, wait, he left his hip away from me there. And as he'd done that, I just brought my knee into my chest and I was like, and I, I recovered my guard back like almost instantaneously. It's like, and then I sort of like just kept that going. And I suddenly started really, it was like a light bulb moment that this whole time I've been battling this guy just so hard to stop him doing what he wants to do it's like you've not you've been so tunnel visioned on this that you've not relaxed to see all the things that are going on around you you're not you're not reading mistakes if you're not breathing correctly and you, if you're not relaxing not breathing correctly and then obviously we were talking last time if you're not breathing correctly you're not you're not working in an efficient state so it was almost like I saw things in slow motion it wasn't actually slow motion but I was just give myself that time to just almost take my mind out of the out of the picture and just look back and observe it, and it was literally i can honestly say from that point onwards I noticed a massive improvement in my game week to week, and that went on for like five years these massive improvements and that really became the focus of every training session whatever I was working on whatever I was drilling whatever we were doing in training the overall focus point was I was always going to try and become super relaxed and 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 just really like uh, coherent to what was going on in that moment rather than worrying about what might happen what has happened because all of that is a waste of energy so it's like imagine you're super stressed every day about getting run over by a bus do you know what I mean? Imagine that's like a big paranoia or like, you know, you're going to get COVID and you have to wear a mask. Do you know what I mean? This is probably where my mindset comes from where I'm like, I just live, in, I'm trying to live in the moment with things. Um, and once you get that in, once you see the, it's like lifting weights. You know, when you're like, oh, I'm lifting weights, your heart, but, like, you're like, this doesn't work. But the second you see uh, a return pro- from that product, you're like, then you become obsessed with it. That almost happens Instantaneously with relaxing So for me then It became almost an obsession That I want to master Just becoming efficient at this game
0: Do you feel like Even though you were a brown belt At that time That you were um, Subconsciously Trying to prove yourself Because you're Always high, yeah. high standard there But also because Because you're Even though you were a brown belt I, mean, I use a terminology that, that you use quite a lot a spazzy white belt
1: Mm. where
0: you know you're still really really tense yeah and i've done it i've done it when i've been training with people as well you try and tell somebody that they need to try and relax and when they relax is where you kind of it's like a combat mindset Mm. if you're like really really focused and like you really stress and straining and stuff and you don't see like the bigger picture as soon as you relax and you almost like take a step back you can then see things yeah. a little bit better.
1: Yeah, It's a hundred percent. Bruce Lee said it is that the mind works best when it's like a parachute, when it's open. It is literally this, you're breathing. Another guy I saw was called Diego. He was like a breathing expert over there. And he kept on saying to me, I, I want to work with you. I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. And I was like some kind of hippie shit. Like, you know, I've been breathing my whole life. <laughs> um, so he called me one day. I had no choice, but to work with him. I was like, I don't want to be rude, but I ended up, just doing some drills with him and i stuck with it for about a week and i remember another guy working with him at the same time we was friends with um and he came up to me said are you doing that stuff with diego i was like yeah he goes Have you seen stuff in slow motion i was like fucking right i am it's not slow motion it's not like weird matrix shit but when you get your breathing on point or let's say when you've been breathing badly for so long you don't realize how bad it is so I used to get into scrambles. Like, I'd get into uh, these fights with certain like high level guys. I'd get into a ridiculous like ten second scramble with them. I'd always normally win the scramble and end up in a good position. I'd even be on their backs sometimes. Even though I was on their backs, I was spent. I was done. They'd get out and they'd finish me because it's like I had nothing left. So I hold in your breath for twenty seconds or ten seconds and hitting a punch bag as hard as you can like constantly. So that sort of thing was happening. And once all that breathing goes out, you, 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 your stresses go up, all the anxiety goes up, you're not now thinking correctly, you're not reacting correctly. It's all part of it. And, and, and to me, that's the biggest part of all of this. And I think that's the hardest thing to learn. And we really should, like, as coaches, focus on it a lot more as beginners um, because it sets you on such a good path early on um and there's a saying in jiu-jitsu that you don't really know or understand or start learning jiu-jitsu until you become a black belt and it's so true at least it was for me everything was just constantly trying to learn so much information at that point but it wasn't until i became a black belt okay i you saw that black belt you 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 know technically all the things you're ever going to really need to know to be the best you're ever going to be you know in that sense but it's becoming more and more efficient out of those things that you do like, so you try to do the same things you do, become super efficient. So it really, I, I think, as a, especially when you get to a purple belt now, it's purple belt levels quite high these days. It's like they need to really start focusing on just the efficiency and that's breathing, relaxing. Yeah. That's to me why why slow rolling is so important because it teaches you to just be in a complete relaxed state where you can focus on your breathing you can focus on just purely your techniques and your positions, your form without that ego being involved, without your attributes being involved, you throw it all to the side. It's uh, it's like, and you can go for hours like that. So you can start to build up your repertoire of movements and understanding your breathing, how to breathe and what moves. And it's all, it's all relevant, you know? And, um, to me, slow rolling is so, so important. And, um, and and it's a lot more fun sometimes, but if you're injured or if you you've had a long day or you have you, trained like a bunch of hours and you want to get a bit more in, you can always do a bit more. It's a great warm up, you know, as well. So there's I a lot think of that's
0: people. quite selective as well though, isn't it? I mean, if you try and slow roll with somebody that's just yeah, playing, it's like, you know
1: It is hard. You're trying to get
0: Mongo to get you in it. Yeah. I'm, they're, I'm, they're I'm, very stiff.
1: I think as well as again, I try in my one on one class to be a dictator with this. That's why I try, with my one-on-one class, my beginner class at the gym, the first thing I want everybody to be really, really comfortable with is losing. Once you're comfortable with losing, all those anxious things, all those things that we dominantly worry about, slowly drift away, or hopefully drift away. Again, it's about getting them on the right mindset early on.
0: It's also a learned thing as well, because I th- you know, like anything you try and learn brand new, you don't understand the concepts or the principles behind everything. And, um, and you know, until you get to a point where you just click
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and you go, do you know what? I, I actually get it. Yeah. Um, like
1: learning to drive a car, isn't it? It's like, you you know, the first time you jump in a car, you sit there, the, the instructor talks to you, he tells you how to adjust the mirrors, position your head, look this way, look that way, how the clutch and pedals work. Then it would be like him saying, okay, so we're just going to start driving now. at 70 mile an hour and it's like your brain doesn't work this way. So you you slow everything down and build that speed up. You can add the attributes afterwards, you know, but get the form right. But more importantly for me, I, I think get your mindset and your breathing on point. It's the foundation, isn't it? We're all talking about fundamentals and making sure your fundamentals are there, your basics are there it's like if you build a house you need good foundation and you can build up the house and it's like this is more important it's like yes you need fundamentals and understand the you know the the basics but what's really the basics well the first thing is you need to learn how to fucking breathe if you're not breathing right then everything's going to go to shit anyway so what's the first thing you do when you you come out the womb (laughs) learn to breathe you know um and we forget that as we grow up I don't know why bad postures, I guess, and all that. But it's like squatting. You're you're a PT guy, right? So like babies do the perfect squat. Is that correct? Obviously not with weight because they're they're really weak.
0: I'm going to say yes. But their 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 dexterity in their gyms uh, in their in gyms in their limbs and stuff are so supple because they haven't. What. Got but muscle definition and stuff.
1: But yeah. is that is that because you know of bad things we do as we grow up? We sit. We. It's bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lo- like anything we do with the body and and your your mental state, you do learn bad habits of doing certain things. So your body adapts to that. Mm. I guess.
1: Yeah. So yeah, um, breathing, man, I cannot, uh, I said to you last time, I'm going to get my friend uh, down, hopefully, I still haven't spoke to him, so I don't know why I keep saying it, he'd be like, no, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> You've got friends? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know a guy, um, so yeah, I'd like to get him down, do some stuff, and I think that'd be good for all sport, people involved in sports, it's so important, like, to be able to breathe correctly, and everyone's like, nobody wants to learn it, do they, because it's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool, but how do you get the coolest armbar, I do you do a flying somersault back pass, yeah. and... You know I mean, nobody wants to learn those things that, that take a little work, but, but imagine this, if I could teach you five really cool moves or I could I could teach you how to breathe, it might take a little longer, but once you get that, you'll be 10 times better at what you already do. It's like, for me, this, this is a no brainer. I've always wanted to become like the best I can be. So that, that, that's more important. And it's not about beating this guy or that guy. It's always just be, I want to be, and I want to perform at my absolute best i want i've always been like a a perfectionist of my own art so whatever i do i want to be like i want it perfect so obviously you'll never get it perfect but you know i'm always trying to chase that
0: yeah. i think like you're saying there, i get i get messages sent to me every now and again and look i'm not a high level guy i i train because i enjoy training i'm a higher end purple belt
1: but how old are you when you started training
0: um so what six years ago so 34 34
1: Mm -hmm. so pretty damn good for somebody who started at 34 do you know john danahad didn't even i don't think he even knew what jiu-jitsu was until he was like 27 years old so one of the greatest jiu-jitsu coaches in the world so
0: but you know I, i also like to think that i can hold my own against you know some younger and potentially more well, they're not going to be more athletic than I am. No, but, um, or better looking. Oh well, yeah, it, it, yeah, it comes with the job. Um, <laughs> but I get I, I get guys that are you know white belt just been promoted to blue belt and stuff. They send me videos of like a knee bar or a, a heel hook or some like you're saying some Gucci little move, and I'm like that. Do just learn how to escape from side control first. What what you're talking about? You practice and learn the fundamentals first. Mm. Get those basics right. Then, when you get to a lot higher level, you know I, I've not even I've not even looked at anything to do with the legs yet because in my own mind, I think as soon as you start focusing on something else that doesn't require you to maintain a good position yeah then you're going to lose focus later on down the line yeah. so you know th- there's loads of guys that you can see in these you know uh, grappling matches that go on gi no gi, and some of them have just been training leg locks yeah 10th uh, like, planet's a good yeah. example um not the high level guys but the lower guys yeah. they all focus on leg locks. so all these different like formations to get there but then, if you get them into a good, solid side control position yeah. or a solid position where you're pinning them to the ground, then you're working your game slowly on them. Yeah. They don't stand a chance They're because doom. they don't know how oh, here, to work. And here's the thing:
1: are. this is where, like, okay, I, I, like so, for years, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu are like streets different from sport and all that. And I, I've always argued, like, against that to the sense that look, if you're if you're an athletic guy, if you do sport Jiu-Jitsu, you're gonna you're gonna beat primarily most people that don't train it's simple as that if you're a good athlete in yourself you're a good basketball player or whatever you stand a far better chance on beating dave down the pub who doesn't do any training just to, the athleticism and knowing your body alone timing distance energy mo- all those things like you're already miles ahead so that's one thing but i do agree in the sense that like the way jiu-jitsu's gone sports jiu-jitsu it's people whenever there's rules you're always going to get, in time, people able to bend those rules to suit themselves for the win. Um, So going for these leg locks, the leg locks are a thing now, isn't it, at the minute. So like, yeah, it works well for that competition setting to get that win and whatnot. But that's never, for me personally, that's never been my goal. I don't want to be just winning competitions, but yet, you know, big Lummocks of a guy grabs hold of me by the throat slams me to the floor and now i'm like oh, oh you know what i mean i want my grappling to be complete for mm. for fighting that uh, that's always to me in SBG, they always had a good saying they said um you train sport but think street and for me like if you're te- if you're learning fundamentals that is throughout the board that's whether it's gi no gi, sports jiu-jitsu street jiu-jitsu and do that and what's that hyphen uh, that Right. Inverted commas, inverted commas, yeah. Um, or whether it's for MMA, if the the fundamentals are are pretty much dictated throughout. Okay, and then from that, so um, and if you look at again, I, I always use SPGs I just they have such a good format of, of of how they coach. So in SPG they have we talk about your base, your posture, and then your your pressure, and then your possibilities. They have a new one that they talk about connection now, but just keeping it to how I originally, how I used to learn it was, you know, and this translates throughout all sports, not even just fighting, but you need a good base. So if you think about a, a picture of a, a tree in the ground, um, and then obviously its roots are into the into the ground, that's the base. So if you don't have that base, then the tree's going to topple over. So if that roots it topples over. And then you talk about the, the, the posture. So it would be like the trunk of the tree. So if that's crooked or bent, and there's a chink in the armor, you know, gust of wind can take that out it needs to be in a good solid position to hold itself well and then you talk about the um the branches on the tree so that's like um uh, so you got your base your posture, and you know, that's sort of like your pressure that's your balance so you know where to put your, the right kind of pressure whether how to balance yourself so that's the like to me that's how the fundamentals all the delivery of every technique should be taught with that in mind and then you obviously then have all the um the leaves on the tree so that's your possibilities that's all your different techniques you got endless different techniques you can't learn all those techniques it's just too many and if you try to learn it from that end and then you're trying to compete with somebody or trying to fight it's like you're just going to turn off so if you get the first part right and then just learn a couple of those possibilities you know you start to build up your own chain of things Mm. but you're always delivering it with good fundamentals um and that's throughout the board. I mean, I mean you try boxing and st- stood on one leg. You, you know, instantly you're not going to have a good base, then you're not going to be as efficient. So people don't train with understanding those fundamentals. They're always trying to catch up with their their attributes. They're always trying to catch up with themselves. So you know, if my balance isn't great, or my posture's not great, um, or, or you know, my base isn't good, I'm going to use attributes to make up for that. Does that make sense? So straight away now, I have to. Uh, be stronger, or have to be faster. Um, you know, even my breathing's out. Okay, then, then I've got. I'm, I'm not. I'm not fit enough. You know, I've got to. i got to work harder. I've got to lift more. And then, what do you get? That, that, that still doesn't work for him. You know, not everybody's born genetically gifted. So, what, does, what do people do? They cheat. They start taking steroids or whatever to get that edge. But if you get everything else right in the first place, that, that that's how you're going to become the best of you. Um, and that's what you need to focus on, in my opinion, for our sports. Um, it's hard though isn't it because like everybody wants to learn the, the latest coolest thing so we're going back to like street uh, sport jiu-jitsu it's, it's great yeah you learn great leg locks and all that but it's a lot harder when you're getting punched in the face
0: you it, know? I mean I know it's an extreme example but you know look at, look at MMA for instance mm. there are a select few people that can pull those sort of things off
1: yeah and 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 for them to do that they have to, they already have good Fundam- like solid fundamentals. Yeah, I mean, so you got got Gordon, we've got, uh, Gordon Ryan, Gordon Ryan but he's not done MMA yet. But Gar- well, Gary Tonin, Gary Tonin, um, uh, uh, Kron Gracie.
0: Yeah, who's the guy that does fifty fifty in. Uh, in uh, the-
1: yes, uh, a little bit, uh, Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall. I, tra- so he's, I trained with him for a little bit. In so York.
0: Ryan Hall, he, his last two fights, he has won by leg. Yeah, insane as
1: well the way. But he understands the game from a fundamental level. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you need to put the hours in on that. You need to then, you know, if you're a good jiu-jitsu player, you see it in the old days that guys just wore the gis. And then after time, they started to realize that it wasn't working so well. The grips weren't there because, you know, you get sweaty and all that. So then, like Hensel was really, I think, in my head, one of the early guys. He, he wouldn't wear the gi for training. And you learn different grips, different ways to control things. Yeah. Um, but still, the fundamental is, you know, you, somebody's in your closed guard. One of the things you want to do is break their posture. So with a gi on, you'd use a grip off the cloth. In no gi, you don't have that. You might have to control the head. But the fundamental is still like break the posture. The possibility is, do I use a grip or do I control his head? Yeah. So you can take the, once you've got the fundamentals, you can take that and go down whatever route you want to specialize in. Do you want to be an amazing gi player or a no gi player or whatever? But there is shortcuts. I mean, like Burrumbola leg locks, there's shortcuts for like a, a, a white or a blue belt to then maybe do well, but in the long term, I don't, I, I don't believe it pays off. For you, uh, you need to be focusing on those fundamentals, in my opinion. So
0: yeah, um, I think if you focus on those things later on down the line, you gonna, you get, there's going to be some sort of failings. There's going to be some
1: holes, and then what happens is the insecurities come in. Then, so like you're used to winning blue and purple belt, but then suddenly the fundamentally people are getting better at browning. You haven't focused on certain things. It's like what's going to happen is that two things. Is like One, your 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 efficiency has got the window, so you can start panicking and getting anxious. But your insecurities come into play. Then your ego's going to come into play. Are you able to then pull yourself back? Because what's going to happen is you if you're a good brown belt or well, you've been doing well and you got to brown belt, but now there's some fundamental holes where you're getting exposed, you've got to go back to training with a bunch of blue belts and you've got to now throw away all the things that you're winning with, you know, all these like cool leg locks and whatnot, and you've mm-hmm. got to go back to learning some basics. That means allowing some of these blue belts to mount and, pa- and side control you. So you've got to let go of your ego there. So uh, if you've not been training in that method early on without having that good mindset of training is different from fighting, that then is, is, is another problem again. And I see that a lot of guys that get good early, but then they sort of stop getting good because. You know they don't want they see people starting to catch them up or people blowing smoke up their ass and then they 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 don't want to let go of what what's what's made them you know they forget what's made them good and they hold on to their ego.
0: If you use your analogy, you know, with the SPG mindset of you know you've got the tree trunk, you've got the the branches and the leaves. When do you ever see leaves grow first on a tree? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I tell you who's an, I, one of the best people. I think. There's two actually, uh, two people. I think Gun, Gunnar Nelson um, has some of the best fundamentals. Like, if his game, even even like eight eight nine years ago when he was like competing in ADCC and and when he first came on the scene and in, in, in fighting and stuff, but his game is very simplistic really, in the sense that like his fundamentals are solid. Like he has ridiculously good like base and his posture and all that. Is, but technically, he hasn't got like an arsenal of endless techniques is quite simplistic very similar to hodger gracie it's different games but very similar in, in that sense and that's what keep if you notice they're very calm when they're fighting yeah because they're not overthinking they're not overanalyzing they're just reacting they know their game they know their hold whatever if if gunny knows that his posture and his base is better than the next guy all the sweeps you're trying on him you can't knock him out of his base then then this guy, other guy's throwing 50 moves at him to try and sweep him, but he only has to hold his base, and he's very good at that. The other guy's going to tire out within seconds. You know, it's not it's not going to be long. And then he's all calm. And if you add MMA to that and punch in, where he's like staying on top of you, and he's able to land that shot, crack, boom. And then you, you, you oh my God, the stress comes in, you trying to move, and you're scrambling, crack, boom. Another one comes in. Then a little fake, a huh, little stress come in, boom, crack, neck. it's like, that that's hard to deal with. That's really really hard to deal with.
0: Yeah, yeah, I no, will get it. Um, I haven't got the time of the day to start even thinking about start practicing all that stuff. No, don't. It's I'd... not good for your.
1: <laughs> it's not good for your looks, Mum. Yeah, and you you know you, with your modelling career, you can't risk it anyway.
0: Yeah, I think my my <laughs> ears give it away a bit. <laughs>
1: So yeah, um, New York mate was uh, I learned a lot of things there. Didn't get good there, but I learned a lot there and brought it home with me and and put it to use and built myself up over the next couple of years, getting good.
0: You got any decent stories? Coming oh my out of there? god,
1: I got there's probably loads. But uh, what would
0: you what would you like, talk about? A couple of defining moments or mm. um, that happened because what you there for? What twelve months?
1: Twelve months, um, and then it was literally really a lot of this came about really in the last two months of me being there these chats with eric that so eric saying learn to enjoy the bad times it was a long it was a whole night of conversation but it came down to learn to enjoy the and what we just talked about that was the light bulb moment for me not only did now i stopped striking for like i didn't strike for about five years at that point so when i went back to uh boxing and in stand up and sh- you know a bit of mma my striking instantly, because I already trained that mindset with jiu-jitsu a couple of years now, my my striking went 10 times better. Because suddenly I was relaxed in those was heated moments and I was, again, just putting that same kind of process through um, as I was standing. And, and, and again, my striking just started each week, bump, 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 getting better and better and better. Um, so I try to apply that to most things that I do. The only thing I can't apply it to is my day-to-day life, driving and stuff like that. I literally just, I could snap at any moment. I I can't stand the stress of normal life. But if I can master that, I think I'd be in a far better place. But uh, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. You'd be a guru then, wouldn't you? I would be, yeah, like Yoda or something. Yeah, you'd be like,
0: what's that program that, oh my God, what's the guy that uh, he... Had loads of followers in India and then moved to America. Oh yeah, I watched a,
1: that. And then and he, he bought some
0: land. didn't He bought some land in what is it like? Uh, uh, no, or uh, Oregon. 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 Yeah. yeah. And then uh, they they built this massive.
1: You, it was you that told me about it. That's yeah, why I, I watched it. I
0: can't remember what it's called
1: now. <laughs> oh, what's that? Yeah, he's a, like right culty guy, wasn't he? And then um, even now, but even now, some of the people that survived that and got out of that, they still just talk really highly of him. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I want a cult. Can I build a cult against COVID? A mask wearing weirdos.
0: You could do, but you'd actually have to speak sense and people would like you as uh, well. I
1: can't, I can't do it then, can I? Do you know what? I was only the day. Like, I, I sort of see, the, people like see horrible people in life and then I always look at all sorts of things in life and I, I sort of try to take away what, what's sort of amazing even bad people and bad things there's still something always amazing about them not amazing as in they're great people but amazing how they do certain things yeah. and have that power you look at like cult leaders and things like that the power to like there was one way got them to kill themselves right i forgot I forget what this one this was they they he another guy moved out somewhere and then you know done like a mass like suicide thing okay Anyway, it was well like the
0: Mansons or something?
1: Uh, no, it was, uh, I, I don't know. I was literally talking about it the other day. My memory's so bad. I, this is why I've never been good at school. I just don't remember things. I just put it into like a category in my head of like, yeah, it's such and such, but I don't remember details. So, so you're
0: like me where you just can't remember anything, but it's really good for a podcast because you can't yeah, get yeah, the yeah. information
1: out there. <laughs> Google's your friend. You go search yeah. it. But I just find it amazing these people that have that kind of power over so many people and literally can create these cults. Like it's like I find it fascinating. Like that, one person can have that much like mind control over someone else.
0: Well, It's just being able to manipulate people and understand. But doesn't
1: uh, no, but doesn't anyone ever like question shit for themselves? like it's like nobody crit- criticise or critiques themselves or or like just goes with the, goes with it. Like
0: the majority of people. I mean, I, I'm again. I'm I'm using the word stereotype again. But the majority of people that fall into that sort of mindset haven't haven't really got much in life. They they're not like the alpha. They're not confident in themselves, and they're looking for even a role model or someone you, to follow. Is that your way, way of
1: telling me that I'm an alpha?
0: No. No. Oh. Um, <laughs> you ginger to start with. So.
1: <laughs> it's actually uh, it's Hawaiian oak. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Viking blonde. Mahogany. <laughs>
0: Essence of mahogany. It's
1: just for the record I'm not ginger.
0: Um <laughs> <laughs> It's the light in here
1: that's doing it. Yeah, I, I find it fascinating. It's like um as well. Do you know, like in World War Two with Hitler and do you think like that everybody in Germany was like a, a Nazi? Or do you think it's like a small group that had so much power or I don't know much about it, <laughs> you, but I just think about I it. I think you've
0: got you've got to look at it. Let, let's look at it. Go back to like school, and you've got your groups. You've got you're always going to have somebody that's like the leader of that group, and people are going to follow them. If that that guy says, right, we're gonna we're gonna go and bash m- smudge at lunchtime, if one of those kids in that group turns around and goes. No, I'm not doing that. They it's become not bullied, right. right? They become... They then become the outsider. Mm. So if you look at that as sort of like a dictatorship of which it was, they did not want to be seen as the people that are the, are the outsiders because then they would be cast aside. Mm. Or killed and, over there. Or killed, mm. yeah. So, you know, I, I was listening to um, uh, a Jocko uh, po- podcast on the way in and they were talking about um, Saddam's regime. And... Uh, it was quite interesting because he said when, when, when the bath party, um, brought Saddam in, voted him in, apparently he was stood on stage, got a big cigar out. I don't know why I'm doing that again. Uh, got a big <laughs> cigar out, lit it on the stage and basically just reeled out a list of names. Basically the people getting killed that, that, that voted against him, took him to the back by the guards, took him outside, executed him. Wow. so you, you you're talking that you're talking about the same sort of thing wow so you know if you D- want that you could use that for a, a, any form of walk of life any sort of like modern day society is that people that stand on their own who are confident in themselves don't need people hmm. to give them gratification to say yeah. you know we need to do this together because I'm telling you to do it I've, I've I mean I'm not saying I'm perfect but I've never been like that I've been part of a group where People want to follow these, these other people. Hmm. I've never been like that. I've like Yeah, yeah I like the idea of I've that. I've always, that I yeah, I've
1: always done my own thing at school, like everybody was always doing their thing, but like in groups and we we're doing it and like if I wanted to go I, I played snooper and pool a lot when I was younger, so like I always love doing that. So and then obviously karate and stuff and I've always just done my own thing not been a loner, but I've I've always wanted to do what I've wanted to do. Um never smoked or anything like that. I I, tell you, I tried it once, as thirty, 13, I was like, I tried it, I was like, that's disgusting, why would you do that, and then, you know, I've never been a, I don't have like a lot of friends in that sense where I hang, like friends and I hang out with a lot of people and stuff, I have my family and I do my own little thing and I'm quite a, uh, what's the word, I just like to do my own private things, you know.
0: Yeah, um, but but again, you know, going back to going back to what you're talking about there is, there are some people that are not like that. They're not self-confident. They're not self-assured. They have to be around other people to 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 get um, feedback from from yeah. them. Whereas, like you or I, we could go and live in the wilderness somewhere.
1: As long as you had Wi-Fi. <laughs>
0: <Fair> <laughs> one. Well, you know, you've got Elon Musk now with satellites in the sky, so you could have. You never know. Um, but, you know, you could go out and live in the wilderness and you could not be bothered about what mm. other people are doing. You could easily go and do that. But there are some people that literally could not do that because they have not I got mean, I mean, I like stability. being around,
1: uh, I, like, I guess because all my days are around people, but I do like being around people sometimes. But then there's a point where I just have an instant. It's like you, like when you're saying about your drinking, I have an instant, boom, okay, I'm done now. And I just need to get away from everyone. And there's, then, a, there's a guy
0: i know like that yeah is it's a, it's amazing what he does he's a quite a quirky character anyway and um you'd be talking to him about something and if he got bored he would literally just turn around and walk off like literally would just turn around and walk oh, man. Like, it's amazing <laughs> it's like that yeah i'm, I'm bored of you. Now, I? oh
1: that's brilliant <laughs> yeah i mean some of my like the times i'm like i love i love my happiest actually is when at the gym you just got the guys you know left on the mat at the end you know the you know the guy, the certain guys and like the building site kind of guys and we're just all ripping into each other they're, they're, i love that you know what i mean um the banter between the guys at the gym uh, to me that's the best thing yeah and and just i don't know is that a british thing i don't know but like that ever since i was a kid i love it like um always bunch of guys and just find the weakest guy in the group, or whoever breaks the first, and then we, we attack, and then then we we'll jump onto someone else, and you know just that. I love that that, that well, stuff.
0: Got, you,
1: it's a, bit of a form of bonding, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. it for sure. Like uh, some people, some people look at that and think, "What the hell's wrong with these guys?" and take offence to it. But to me, it's like it's really good bonding. That I like. I like all that kind of stuff.
0: Are well, you talking about packs and stuff like that? But that that's literally what it what, what it is. You've got you you know. I mean, uh, surfing surfing again. And that's why I was talking about in the last podcast. It's so good with the transition because it's very similar. Mm. You get very focused on uh, on what you're on what you're doing because you know. Okay, granted, it, it's your own choice, but if you're surfing bigger waves or different conditions, it could potentially be life or death. It, it, it's the same with with grappling, except in a more of a raw format, where like you're learning. And training with people that technically, if you take all the formality out of it, you're training to kill each other by yeah. choking, snapping, submitting, wh- whatever. You know, at the end of the day, the whole aim and purpose of it, whether it's self-defense or not, is you could technically kill someone. Yeah. You hold a choke long well, when enough. You,
1: especially if you first start training, when you're getting choked, you don't recognize anything. Like, your body sort of doesn't really recognize, oh, this is just fun. It's like, it just just recognizes that you're choking. <laughs> That's so why you get those panic taps yeah. and, and stuff. Isn't but it? a
0: raw, but at a raw level, at a raw pack level, you know that is that is what the common bond is. The common bond is that you're training together, and at the end of it, you've got some you've got that commonality there, and that's why you probably find yeah. that at the very end is because you know everybody that trains with you has some form of something in common with you.
1: And I don't think there seems to be much of that left in. Normal life or modern life anymore? Is it everyone's like working, busy office, a lot of office type jobs and stuff. But like, I think a lot of the camaraderies. I mean, I I learned a lot when I left. I learned more when I left school in the first couple of years, like working on building sites about people and you know. I mean, first, I don't know if you've work, you're w- worked. So okay, so like you know how it is when you're younger. You're the you're the brunt of all the jokes, and you, you everyone's just ripping on you, yeah. and you can handle it or not, but obviously at start you take it personal and you get butthurt and you, you you get shitty or whatnot but in the end you realize what it's all about and then once you become a little older then the new guy comes in it's like a right away almost like a right of passage but yeah. you learn a lot and i can tell i can tell at the gym and a lot of people now when like i start joking and ripping them but you can tell the people that haven't been used to that no. Um, people that have not been in, like i say, the army or building sites, or in, like even like rugby teams and stuff like that. You get a lot of it, and it's you can tell when someone's just, you know, I guess left school, gone into an office job or something like that, and they don't know how to take it. You really can see it, and they've taken it personal or whatever. And it's like, again, I think this is such a good. I think it's really important for men, especially men, to deal with this because it's like it really helps us helps you learn to read between the lines, the context. Does that make sense?
0: I think I think what you're talking about there is okay. Yeah, we have whether you're male or female or, or, or whatever. Um, you you've got this natural sense that that's there, and if you if you don't if you don't grasp it,
1: it's almost like training it, isn't it, to learn yeah. when somebody means something or doesn't. Like like. You know, I, there used to be a, when you used to go to the to the to the building site, there'd be a foreman, and every morning you'd go in there, and you'd be quite a, an aggressive kind of guy. You'd walk in, you get, and you'd go, "Morning, you, it's cunt!" Right every time, but it's like you you originally like,
0: "What the hell is your
1: fucking problem?" But you realise that's his way, that's his thing.
0: I used to come into work sometimes. And I used to work in the office with people, and my common greeting was, "All right, Bellands." Yeah, and and uh, I'm not going to mention his name. So I, uh, I rang somebody up once, and uh, I, I got on with him quite well. Well, I thought, thought I did. And uh, I phoned him, phoned him up. I said, all right, Bellend? And uh, he's like, hello. And uh, I was like, yeah, such and such. How's it going? He's like, yeah, yeah, good. And I talked to him about what I was going to talk to him about. Next morning at 7.30 in the morning when I was getting changed, I got a phone call because goes, uh, did you, did you really mean I was a bellend when you oh, found me up the other day? <laughs> oh, I was like no. I was just messing about, but that's kind of what you're talking exactly, about, right? Exactly. But like, but I've also been on the flip side of that as well, where I've kind of like it's no no sort of like joke or whatever, but people go you don't really do much anyway. Sometimes I take offense to yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Other, yeah, Other times I don't. I know they're messing about, yeah, I do, mate. And it's pretty much true, <laughs> yeah. yeah no,
1: that's, <laughs> that's that's like hidden guilt, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah. I know I don't do anything really, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but it's like, um, I love all that stuff, and I think it's really important. I, I do it all the time to the guys, it's like, I want that, especially in my gym, I want that, like, uh that vibe where people can relax a little bit more with each other and say what they want. Like if I go offline for a few days, just for three days, I'll be getting messages of people saying, you're right. I mean, okay. I remember over Christmas, I decided for, for the week or maybe 10 days, or whatever, I wasn't going to reply or answer to face, like business stuff. Mm-hmm. So take that 10 days off or oh, whatever it was. Um. So obviously got a few messages through and it was like, because I didn't reply to him about two days later, it send me a message. Have I done something to offend you or upset you mate? You haven't replied. I'm like, but I made it clear to everyone, like I'm not going to reply for 10 days. So it's like, it's people like that, that just haven't been around. Like they can't read between lines a little bit. Sometimes so you got to spell it out from, especially like a lot of the young kids now that come to the gym, they've come straight out of like, say from university and go there. I, it does amuse me. I do get a little bit of a funny I know kick you out do make people feel very <laughs> awkward sometimes. I get, I get extreme comfort in uncomfortable, awkward situations. I don't know
0: why. It is quite funny. <laughs> but, uh,. Yeah, the the uh, the reactions that you get sometimes. <laughs> that, like, Oh man, just don't just don't do it because all you're going to do is dig yourself a bigger <laughs> hole. It's going to get worse.
1: It's the cringy awkwardness. It's like it's this to me that I don't know why I got some six kind of six cent a of that, but yeah, it's uh can't wait to get back to it though, mate. And uh, hopefully everybody else too. Count uh, when I went out shopping a couple of weeks ago and I saw the shops and cafes back open. Uh, it's such a good feeling to see people like getting back to normal and, and the economy getting back into things and people hopefully surviving through this financially. Like you know, that's that to me is the biggest thing. I hope people's businesses don't go under too bad. You know, um, people work hard, man. And I'm a big believer in um, you know the capitalism and and working your butt off of things. You know, it's uh, I was taught that from a young age, and I think. I'll, I'll teach my kids you want something you go out and work for it you're not going to be a fucking victim in life my youngest my oldest daughter um, when she was one was diagnosed with juvenile arthritis long story but it killed me at the time because she's in quite a bad way and like as a father you, you feel helpless and I'm the only thing I ever felt like I was good at is you know I could protect my kids or I can protect things and, and I just couldn't do it and I took a lot of blame for that at the time and it sort of affected me quite a bit but I remember like her mum was always quite like, poor you, you know, it's not fair sort of thing. I didn't want that for her. So, obviously me and her mum are, uh, aren't together anymore, but I was always aware of this, so I tried to be more the other way. So, I remember when I got with Liz, I remember when we first met with uh, with Liz, me and Maya and stuff, and we were walking along, and I remember Maya fell over, she had some toys, She's only like, I don't know how, I can't remember six, at seven at the time she falls over and I'm, she starts crying a little bit, I'm just like sort of shimming over my foot, come on get up so being a little idiot like you know and I remember Liz about a year a year later say I used to think you were like quite strict and mean with her in that way like, like sort of heartless you know she fell over and but she understands now why I do it because I don't want her to be a victim, I, I've always taught her that whatever you want to do in life you can do it fuck what's wrong with you fuck What's wrong with you? You see that wrestler with no—he's got like no uh, legs, and he's still wrestling at like a good high level and stuff. you think he finds excuses? It's like I don't want that. There's nothing you can do about this and change it, but you can you can use it to your advantage, and it can make you stronger mentally. And that's what I want for her. And don't be a victim. You can't help the cards you got dealt with in life But do not be a victim And work hard for what you want And I always said to her You can be, you, you, you can be whatever you want to be in life I'll always support you As long as it's not a pole dancer <laughs> Do you know what I mean But like Anything she wants to do in life I try to say like, I try to get through to her That I'll support her 100% But The only deal is You give her 100% And that's it um, Don't want no excuses If there's anyone to blame It's only yourself yeah. So I'm a big believer in this. And so going back, yeah, I, I like to, I want to see the people that's made their businesses and built their, their lives up. I want them to succeed and I want them to, it's nice to see them doing well and getting through this and hopefully they will. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think come, come to the tail end of the year, I think this is just going to be a distant memory. I tell you what, it will be interesting. I've got this theory that whenever there's something in the media, you know, um, whether it's a war zone or, um, I don't know, uh, Black, Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter or, um, you know, anything that's focused on the media for like a week or two, as soon as they don't start reporting on it for two weeks, everyone forgets about it. Yeah. COVID's going to be here for a very, very long time. We're going to be living with it, like the common cold, like flu, like pneumonia, all those sort of things. They're always there, yeah. underlying. We're going to be living with it, with that. But as soon as it comes out of the news, it's not going to be in people's, you know, yeah. front thought. Yeah, it's going to be on the back burner, mm. and you just watch. Mm. You just watch. The next big thing will come. Yeah, around, they love their
1: drama, man. It, it they piss me off. So people have very short memories. It was only what a year ago. What was that girl that ended up killing herself? um because they were the the press were hounding her and um you know everybody was like you know the press need to be answerable to this you know fuck the press and all that but then now they're lapping it up and it's like make your mind up you know that they're full of shit politicians are full of shit we all know that and it's like a friend if a friend lies to me I'm quite suspicious of you. If you, you. You know, if it's something silly whatever, but if it's quite something quite serious, if you do it a second time, like, okay, you're not really someone I can trust. Why would I ever believe anything you say? And I, So that's a, with a friend. You're talking about a government, Nate, in anything like anybody in a position of power, in a position where you're meant to trust them and they're meant to look out for you, um, or like a parent or something like that, they, they dishonor that. To me, you're not going to get my trust back. So... Some people laugh about my conspiracy beliefs, but like I'd rather be that guy than believe in somebody that we all know you can't trust and that's sort of how I feel about it and you're right, the press are just the the worst they the they're the the they're, they're, they're the ones feeding it constantly, and uh you know if the press decided tomorrow that paper cuts were the big thing, people be throwing and burning paper you know i mean it's just i find it mental mum i just again but that's going back to how i was as a kid i never listened or to other people i'd done my own thing Mm. you know and i didn't get suckered into shit that other kids were getting suckered into because they follow the trend or it's just not how i'm wired and uh, i just i want the best people even even though people really piss me off sometimes you know but it's because i i I want all of us all of us want the same thing we all just want to be happy and well not all of us but some people are just psychopaths but you know (laughs) but we all want to be happy and just what's best for our family and our kids do you know what i mean um so whatever whatever mate
0: if that's going on
1: no we are trying to just figure this whole how we're going to open the gym back up next week um putting things in the place. We've blessed, we've got so many good coaches at the gym. So um, since the whole COVID thing, then people I've been allowed at the gym legally are the coaches. Yeah. But um, what a lot of people don't know is a lot of those coaches for the first two years of my gym, they didn't, they weren't even getting like paid or anything. So they were just voluntary help. Um, so, you know that's always been a big guilt on my part even though they've wanted to do it and they love the gym and that's why they do it and to me coaching should be an honor but um they they helped out a lot so it was nice to be able to pay them back a little bit in a sense where you know legally I could get them in there and plus keep them fit and um, ready for when we open but so they've been helping a lot now just getting this all planned and ready to reopen because it's not easy they, they got to be coaching different now they got to figure out all these new rules and whatnot, and we've got to do a bunch of um, like test exam things to get certificates to be able to do this and yeah it goes on mate but two weeks two weeks two weeks yeah. yeah and the snooker halls are back open that makes me happy <laughs> that's my little uh, some little side hobby
0: yeah yeah cool well uh, we'll look at on the head there mate.
1: yeah who's your next guest
0: Who've I got on next? Uh, well, I've got the gunnery sergeant. He's yeah. getting uh, published on Monday. Um, I've got a few more people uh, lined up. Some um, some uh, well-known surfers, a couple of local surf shop owners. That's good, man. Uh, there's a lot
1: of there's a lot of people in Plymouth. You don't, people don't even know. Maybe not famous or celebrities, but. Really interesting characters have a lot of well, good that, stories. You, you know. know, this
0: is the why I'm why I'm doing this podcast. Is I'm not, you know, I'm not looking for the celebrity status to put people out. There. Yeah, okay, having that there um, will promote will promote this, but I'm not doing it for yeah. that. I'm I'm not doing it to earn a living out of it. Like you're saying, there, there are lots of people there, normal people that have got absolutely amazing yeah. stories. They would never ever put put their um, put write a book or you know, put themselves out there, you know, just the guys that have done something great and just take it to the grave and would never necessarily yeah. tell anyone, unless those people that were with them. The, you know, uns- the, them the with
1: unsung them. heroes, I guess, right? Yeah, the real and, and
0: that's, that's one of the reasons why I thought I'd do it, is because I know a lot of people like that, and yeah. I thought I'd be a hero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'd, I'd save them nah, that, no, at all... Um, I just find it really interesting talking to people, you know, I've done what, four or five podcasts now and, and, uh, you know, you get something different out of people yeah. each time and I think it's really good, like, you know. I
1: think, uh, uh, we'll try and get, um, I said to you earlier, I'll try and get, Gunny's coming hopefully down next year, we'll get him down and we'll go on a podcast as well, man. Got That'd be awesome. beautiful. would be good, uh, good, good chat, try and drag some humour out of him, he's got some funny stuff.
0: Yeah, we can make him feel really awkward yeah. with our sense of humour. yeah,
1: yeah. He's just as weird, (laughs) sir.
0: But anyone from that region of the world is, yeah. uh, It's good, mate. Uh, Kenny, thanks again. again. Thank you, uh, mate. uh, And hopefully the
1: sound will work better this time, right?
0: Yeah, we're not in a big warehouse. No. Um, But yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you, uh, ads, and
1: uh, (laughs) see you soon, mate. Get back to training; it'll be awesome.
0: Cool. Cheers, mate. Take care, buddy. And that's it. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and share the Grumpy Surfer podcast. And also remember to leave me some feedback so I can make the podcast better. Thanks for listening.